Life right now with angel and demon tarot. Wealth. Life right now with angel and demon tarot. You're listening to Life Right Now with Angel and Demon Tarot, Wealth, presented by Hakeem Alibokis Alexander on Spreaker, Social Podcasting, Wisdom, Social Audio Inc., and Spreaker, Social Podcasting, presented for... Hmm... I wonder, World Reading Club in association with ExercisingYourMind.com and Uniquilibrium. This edition's reading focus comes to us from the Angel Tarot, Travis McHenry, Demon Tarot, Ariana Osborne, and maybe a little bit from a dictionary of angels including the fallen angels by gustav davidson all right so the question is uh we're just going to ask these cards this is going to be as brief as possible the question that you would normally ask the viking moons they have a questions instead of if you don't want to pose an issue you can pose a question and so this question will be what do i need to know for wealth in my life right now. And I'm going to use the Angel Tarot and the Demon Tarot cards. So what do I need to know for the wealth in my life right now? What do I need to know for wealth in my life right now? That's the question. So you can ask for yourself, what do you need to know for the wealth in your life right now? And, you know, one of the things that I've been often saying about wealth has been reflected recently in a book that I'm reading called The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, or Housel. I don't know how he pronounces it, but I just got it yesterday at a place called Second and Charles, which was recommended to me by both Andrea Raquel, who does for Andrea in the morning, and also Christopher Birkenbein who's our resident uh, scientist, sci- uh, science communicator here on Wisdom. And one of the things I've often talked about is how I am unruly and I refuse to be controlled even by a job or a boss or money, whereas I've quit jobs that I've had before, even if I didn't have a place to live. I remember doing it a specific time when I didn't have a place to live. No other source of income and uh, no money uh, for food, even in savings or anything like that. And because someone, the uh, assistant general manager at this place I was working at called Fiesta Cantina, this guy Miguel, he uh, started cussing at me angrily, yelling like he was out of his fucking mind. Um, and so I just, I just left. And any one of the things is about that is because I'm fiercely independent. I had sometime, some years ago, before that happened, I had I remember reading a book by Dan Kennedy, who's a an information marketer, um, and he had a book called the No BS Wealth Attraction for Entrepreneurs. And in that book, one of the very interesting things that he set out 
was he says that one of the things that that wealth offers, like real wealth, not just riches, because riches is just the stuff that you buy and show off to people. And it's really not wealth, because wealth is the money that you don't spend, the assets that you hold on to, so that it's basically the same idea of delayed gratification for the things that are really important in life. And he had a section in there on independence. And he says one of the things that's afforded to him by the way that he earns money, writing ad copy and things like that, right, um, on his his own time, which, you know, he sometimes charges, you know, 30000 to $100,000 for a single page of ad copy. I know that sounds incredibly ridiculous to a lot of people who may not even make that, you know, in a year uh, sometimes. But he said that one of the things that all that that wealth affords him is independence. And so he mused a bit and wondered if when he didn't have money, if he instead insisted on his independence, as I did when I quit that job, having no other source of income and anything else, but fiercely independent because I refused to be controlled or disrespected by um, a, a supervisor. Um, he says one of the things that it affords you the wealth affords you directly is independence. And so he wondered if the opposite were true. Since wealth attracts independence or affords independence, will would independence be attractive to wealth? And so I put that into practice and I had a phenomenal result in a very short time within two months of that receiving a check for seventy nine thousand dollars. I think that was the amount. It was something like that was seventy thousand something dollars for a project that I did with a company in China. Little did I know that years later, you know, my lovely, beautiful, intelligent, amazing, talented wife, Flora Elizabeth Carrasco, who is no longer with us here on this earth, she passed away on October twenty fourth of two thousand nineteen. Uh, she uh, ended up wanting to be an English teacher in China, and so we went out to China. And we lived out there for a few years, and I did some business out in China as well. But, um, and it, that wasn't the first time that that happened. But it's interesting, his ideas about wealth, whether independence comes from having wealth, and then uh, whether or not in being independent, right, just assuming your independence will be attractive to wealth. And I like the example that he used in that um, he talked about, like if somebody is wooing or courting a lover, I forget which term he used, but it doesn't matter. I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm uh, faithfully telling the, the tale, the story here. He, the interesting thing that he, he said about that was that when, when someone is desperate, like a salesperson or even someone wanting to court someone, the desperation, that anxiety, that energy that comes off is repelling to someone who you want to attract. And he says the same goes for money. If you've ever had a, a desperate or new fresh salesman who is only in it for the money and is trying to get that commission, which is understandable, people have to earn money in this world. It, but he says that is repelling. And if you can just relax and not need it, right? And not give off that energy of neediness uh, the same way that you wouldn't want to desperately chase someone that you're attracted to or that you want to be with, that he says, if you can find that calm and that, that you know, no fucks given attitude, uh, also, as I like to say, um, assuming, having the energy of, of the, um, what some people call fuck you money, right? Um, 
He says, when you assume that attitude, basically, that it can become attractive to the wealth that that same that the same attitude that wealth would afford to you, and so that having that attitude without the wealth can sometimes, in some cases, for some people, me included, or I have experience of it, will be attractive to the same kind of wealth that affords that when you don't put out that needy energy. And the psychology of money book that I'm reading by Morgan Hauser, um, I came to an interesting chapter that I read, I blasted past uh, yesterday as I was reading the book. I got to page, um, well, that doesn't matter right now, but I got to about page 100, yeah, 113 yesterday. But chapter seven, way before uh, the chapter I got to, which is uh, reasonable is greater than rational, uh, chapter seven um, is says that controlling your time is the highest dividend money pays. And there were several things that I highlighted here. One of them was the ability to do what you want, when you want, who you want, for as long as you want, is priceless. It is the highest dividend money pays. Um, he also says that I highlighted more than your salary, more than the size of your house, more than the prestige of your job. Control over doing what you want, when you want, with the people you want to is the broadest lifestyle variable that makes people happy. Uh, and I'll skip over this one part, but now I'll read I I'll read the highlighted parts. Money's greatest intrinsic value, and this can't be overstated, is its ability to give you control over your time. To, to obtain, bit by bit, a level of independence and autonomy that comes from unspent assets that give you greater control over what you can do and when you can do it. Now, I'm continuing to make this point because he's talking about what money can do for you. And I'm asserting also that having that feeling of adopting that energy of that independence that you can have even before you have it is very helpful and useful as i gave him examples about courting a lover or chasing sales with people when you can relax and be calm about it and almost create a, a gravitational pull of an attraction towards it with that calm collected emptiness that of not needing or emptying out the needy space right he continues in the book he says uh and this is the psychology of money says using your money to buy time and options has a lifestyle benefit few luxury goods can compete with. He says doing something you love on, and this relates directly to me because I, I loved working as a doorman at clubs. It it provided me with uh, some of the social contact that I require uh, and almost everyone requires. I got to meet a lot of people, also working as a personal trainer, so on and so forth. These kind of things where I'm put around a lot of people all the time benefited that, and I love those those jobs. As a job, if I'm going to have a job, those are jobs that I love. The only other jobs that I ever worked besides doing security um, was doing was working as a personal trainer and working as a as an independent contractor on film, in film and television. But um, and this next sentence that I highlighted applies to me because I was doing something that I loved, but um, there was a couple things about it, including the owner who was an, became an idiot whenever he got drunk and also ran his mouth. And um, I got fired because I was reading a book, um, but I also was on my way out quitting. So I don't know, the energy that I was putting out there, just not, first of all, I didn't need the job anymore for the money. I was going there because I liked it and I made a good relationship with the people that I knew there by working there for a year. Um, I had once uh, reduced my hours from, well, my days of working because I took over for somebody else from seven days a week. And I, after 127 days of doing that straight, it was enough. 
you know, you could call it burnout. Then I reduced it to five days and then I reduced it to three days and then I started vocally telling people about how I wasn't going to be there very much longer. And then one week after I started saying that, I got fired because I was reading a book called Fake by Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Fake Money, Fake Teachers, Fake Assets. He came out, ran his mouth. I said, Billy, go fuck yourself. And the next day he sent me a text message, uh, which basically said, I'm firing you, but I hope this doesn't affect our friendship because I do really enjoy your company, to which I responded, okay, thank you. And that was the last time I ever talked to you. <clears throat> but um, this next sentence applies to that in the book, uh, Psychology of Money. It says, doing something you love on a schedule you can't control can feel the same as doing something you hate. There is a name for this feeling. Psychologists call it reactance. It continues in the book. Uh, I mean, there's so many things in there that are just fascinating about that idea of, you know, of, of independence from money. And, and this whole thing is freedom, right? The, the, the ability to do what you want. The high, he, he says in the beginning of that chapter, the highest form of wealth is the ability to wake up every morning and say, I can do whatever I want to do. And interestingly enough, without being rich or wealthy, I've been able to do that by working for myself. I get up whenever I feel like it, usually sometime between 11 o'clock in the morning and 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then go to the gym or work out like outdoors, play my guitar and sing, play music, then, you know, eat, uh, go to the, the bookstore, and read books on whatever I want or play with my tarot cards um, and podcast. And it's an amazing feeling because then I just go out, I drive for Uber, do some other things. My podcasts also earn me some money. And then I just drive and do whatever I want until whenever I feel like it. And when I'm done, then I just, if I'm tired or I just don't feel like it anymore, I go offline and go to sleep and then wash, rinse, repeat. And, um, and I have no restrictions. No one's ever telling me what to do or how to do it. And it's uh, one of the most fantastic feelings ever. I didn't realize that. Um, well, I, I did it before, you know, with my wife. Like, that's all we did was just, we were like two kids just playing all the time. Laura and I were just, it was a magical thing. And I, I really do miss her very much. She was so awesome. And it's very, uh, it seems almost impossible to ever make that connection again. People say it happens and I've heard about it and seen it in movies and things like that when people are widowers or widows. Um, but you know, it's sometimes even after four years, almost four years of her being gone, it's, uh, it's still difficult to imagine. And I had some bad luck, if you could call it that, when I decided to start dating again. Um, but it's interesting, but back to the subject of freedom and independence though. Um, that's what we're going to go here with the tarot cards. And I have the angel tarot and the demon tarot, and I'm going to pull them both. And so again, uh, I know I went on for a little bit about just covering that idea, um, but uh, the, the, the thing that you want to get in your mind to see how this message can apply to you is by simply asking the question, uh, what do I need to know to attract wealth in my life right now? So what do I need to know, right? What do I need to know? attract wealth in my life right now? That's the question that I suggest that you could ask here, right? What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? I'm going to write this down. Um, what do I need to know 
to attract wealth into my life right now. Okay? Ask the question. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? And there's a lot of things that come with that. And remember, I'm going off the idea of wealth about just being able to do what you want when you want and how you want. And I, I've gotten to that point. And it's, it's an amazing feeling. And it almost hardly feels real because I'm just always just doing whatever I feel like it when I want to. I don't do anything that I don't want to do. It's, a, it's, it's, it's surreal. So the question again, what do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? And there are five sections to or five different placements of the um, the the draw the, uh, the and, or spread right so it's a we're doing a five card spread here and the five card spread in the first position is uh, overview of the situation the second card in the spread represents challenges the third card in the spread represents um, course of action called for the fourth card in the spread represents um, sacrifice or surrender to God. And the fifth card is new situation evolving. So that's how we're going to, the cards that we're going to represent, I'll repeat that as we go along, that these things are going to represent. And it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to hear how, how that comes out. I may need to do a part, part two, um, but I'm going to go as quickly as I can here. I may not even get to the demon tarot. But we'll see what happens. So what do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? And I'm shuffling the cards as I, I say this over and over so you can also hear it and keep that in your mind. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? Besides all the other practical things that I'm doing, here's the question, right? What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? As I continue to shuffle cards, what do I need to know? To attract wealth into my life right now. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? I'm almost done with the shuffle. Just did a split. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? And one more here. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? What do I need to know to attract wealth? into my life right now. I know it sounds crazy. I'm droning on, right? What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? There's the five cards. <clears throat> and we'll see what these um, angel cards have to say about that. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? So we've got the five angel cards. In the first position is the moon. Gabriel. That's awesome. I love how it started with the moon. And Gabriel says, God is my strength. Um, and in the overview of the situations, God is my strength. And it says, divine revelation reveals messages, has the power to destroy. Oh, wow. So let's see where Gabriel is in here and see if a different, a, a different description comes out. Um, Gabriel. Gabriel is, is a card. Oh, does he have a number? No, he doesn't. He's not one of the 78. I'm going to the Archangel. So let's go to the Archangel Gabriel here um, and see a fuller description of the book. I already gave a short description here um, of what Gabriel represents, which is God is my strength. 
and divine revelation reveals messages has the power to destroy. So I could, could, uh, you know, um, interpret that in a certain way where it's overview of the situation is the position it's in and divine revelation. So it's going to reveal the overview of the situation. A corresponding Bible verse for this one is uh, Daniel um, 8, 16. And it says, and I heard a man's voice from the from the Ulai calling, calling Gabriel. Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. The archangel tool Gabriel reveals divine messages and has the power to cause vast destruction. He rules over the order of angels. All right. So I don't know what that means for the overview of the situation. Let's move on quickly to the challenge. It's the world. Um, its number is 65. I love, it's interesting, always interesting when an archangel shows up with the first card. Um, let's see, so the next one is uh, Damabia, the world, represented by the number 65. And the challenge, it says God, the source of wisdom. Uh, Damabia also has the attributes of fountain of wisdom, gives success in all ventures. Okay, that goes along with, uh, that's a challenge. It looks like success in ventures is a challenge um, with Damabia. Um, and let's see, Damabia is number 65. Where do we have number 65 here? Uh, and I'm, again, referencing a book by Travis McHenry and his tarot deck called Angel Tarot. And 65 is on page 96 here. So I'm actually reading, literally reading from the book. So I'm not even adding my own opinions until after I read or interpretations, right? So Damabia has a... Uh, um, God, the source of wisdom, the the order of angels, the psalm, the corresponding Bible verse is Psalm 9013, and it says, Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent the and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Well, Damabia protects against magic spells, assists in attaining wisdom, and the undertaking of successful ventures and governs seas, rivers, springs, and sailors. Hmm. All right, so that's a challenge. Uh, a challenge. challenge is going to be success in all ventures and maybe even looking at those ventures of wisdom. So that's a call there. Uh, the next one in the position of course of action called for is uh, the tarot card is five of cups. It's... Uh, Veulia, uh, um, number 43, and it's God, King, and Ruler. The attributes in, uh, in summary are prosperity, destruction of the enemy, and deliverance from bondage. There's a little bit of destruction going on here. That's really interesting. So let's take a look here what uh, this talks about uh, and see if I can pronounce the name correctly. A little bit, a few more details from the book. It's number 43. Angel number 43 is Veulia. Yeah, Veulia. Yeah, got it close enough. Veulia is on page 74. Let's take a look at what that says for the course of action called for. And the Bible is in the order of virtues. Let's see. Uh, Psalm 88, 13. Be unto thee. But unto thee I have, have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Interesting. But unto thee I have cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. All right, not certain about that, but we'll see about the course of action called for. 
Veulaya may be called upon for the destruction of the enemy and deliverance from bondage. Hmm. So that's interesting, going along with what I was saying about freedom, course of action called for. Um, it's not about quitting your job necessarily, right? And doing as I did, having uh, at one time years ago in 2014, um, when not having any income or a place to live or food, um, but it may be offering the course of action called for is looking for and finding a way out of that situation, right? Deliverance from bondage. Maybe you can even look at the enemy as being uh, a boss or a supervisor. I don't know. Um, Aladia is the next one in the position of sacrifice or surrender to God. It's represented by the Tower card Six of Pentacles. Um, it's the number 10, uh, the favorable God, it says, and some of the attributes are divine grace, cures rage and pestilence, absolves the guilty. Cures rage and pestilence, absolves the guilty. Uh, let's, it's number 10, and number 10, Aladia, is on page 41. Let's take a look at what that says there. Um, I, for some reason, the demon tower is a lot more clear than some of these these angels here, but these are very biblical and based on uh, some interesting things. Um, it's a great deck. Um, I have fun with it. So continuing, so this is the position of sacrifice or surrender to God, um, Aladia. Um, Aladia, the favorable God, the, the cherubim. Uh, the verse, Bible verse related to this one is Psalm 33, 22, and it says, let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. And it says, Aladia protects those guilty of hidden crimes, governs rage and pestilence, and cures diseases. Huh. Sacrifice. Hmm. Maybe giving up, um, maybe admitting to someone something, governs rage and pestilence, maybe it's causing you rage, um, or inner anger, which can lead to a lot of things like anxiety and depression. And cures diseases, maybe um, something hidden is also causing you to feel ill. And finally, we have in the course of action called for is Mebahel. Uh, and Mebahel is represented by the tarot card Eight of Swords, the number 14. It says God, Protector, and Savior. Some of the attributes right away are truth, justice, protection from enemies who would steal one's fortune. Hmm. The course of action called for protection from enemies who would steal one's fortune. Well, that, that aligns somewhat with uh, the question of what do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now. Um, let's see here. Um, Mebahel is angel number 14. Number 14 is on page 45 here. Let's take a look at that and then quickly move on to the demon tarot cards. Mebahel, God the protector and savior. The cherubim also. Uh, Bible verse corresponding is Psalm 9 verse 10. Chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Let, it says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And Mebahel can be called upon against those who seek to usurp the fortunes of others, governs justice, truth, and liberty, delivers the oppressed, and protects prisoners. All right. Well, that was interesting, to say the least. I don't know what that's all about, but... Um, I'm going to quickly move on to the Demon Tarot. Uh, first, I'm going to take a picture so that I can keep in mind for later reference of doing this reading, as I usually do. Take a nice overview here really quickly. Clean off my camera lens. It's got lots of wonderful fingerprints on it. And then...
quick photo. Make sure it's the position I want it to be. Quick photo, and then move on. Okay, got that. And now let's go to the demon tower, which I know some people get all afraid of this kind of stuff. We're talking about demons. These are demons, D-A-T-M-O-N, and as many people have pointed out, and a few others here on Wisdom actually have found that a lot of creatures that are called demons are actually simply deities and gods and other religions that didn't fit into the Christian Catholic pantheon, uh, including Kali, right, um, from the Hindu faith uh, that they simply labeled as a demon. And so... Which, you know, of course, a lot of people venerate Kali in India. So let's go to the Demon Tower really quickly over here and see what they have to say. What happened to those? Oh, there they go. Oh, there they go. They're right in front of me. Okay, so Demon Tower. Remember, the question is, what do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? And I'm repeating this as I shuffle the cards. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? And I'm going to split them here. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my, my life right now? Remember repeating it over and over again in your mind as well, if you will, care to go along. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? There's the first stack and the second stack. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? Here comes the second stack. Shuffle. And what do I need to know to attract wealth in my life right now? Remember, the first position is going to be overview of the situation. The second is a challenge. The third is course of action called for. The fourth is sacrifice or surrender to God. And the fifth position is new situation involved. I'll turn these over here. Let's take a look at what they say. In these positions, I'll go over them from one to five of this spread here. And we have, all right. So the first one is Ganga Grandma. And it says, Ganga Grandma may have been may have been may have been uh loosely based on oh this is exactly what i'm saying right lacy basically loose on some hindu legends but with much lost or changed in tradition or in translation that is um he was according to colin de Plancy, or he has according to Colin de Plancy, four arms and he carries a bowl and fork huh. overview of the situation carries a bowl and fork but let's look deeper into what Kendra grandma has to say here in the book uh fortunately this one is in alphabetical order and annotation Ganga grandma is another hindu reference that colin de Plancy used with his own prejudices and fears as a demon in his dictionary Colin DePlante's description of Ganga Grandma are so different from any known legend that it's un it is unclear whether his source was Ganga, or also Ganja, right? The personification of the sacred river Ganges, or perhaps Gangama, a regional incarnation of Shakti, the personification of divine feminine creative power. Inspiration, Colin DePlante's entry on Ganga Gamma, Grandma, whoever she may be, includes a terrible ritual allegedly used to honor the demon god, although Colin DePlancy specifies that his Ganga Grandma is a feminine entity, he uses the masculine pronoun he and him throughout the description of the ritual. According to Dictionnaire, women of a village were lured into participating into rituals to honor the demon, being told that no harm would come to them. However, once they agreed, they were suspended in the air by hooks pierced through the skin of their backs, and their cries were drowned out by the roar of a crowd. Although similar rituals did 
did and do exist in many cultures, Colin de Plancy seems to have been his Colin de Plancy's seems to have been created as a cautionary tale against giving consent for infernal rituals without full knowledge of the proceedings. However, I would be remiss if I did not point out that ill-using an unsuspecting female to prove a point of worship is not too far from what Colin de Plancy has done by inventing or twisting the tale of a sacred Hindu aspect to further his own beliefs. But here's the over overview of the situation in divination. What does it actually mean here? Overview of the situation. It says, beware of excessive pride, bragging, or not judging a situation, or knowing all of the facts before getting involved. Again, overview of the situation. Beware of excessive pride, bragging, or not judging a situation, or knowing all of the facts before getting involved. That's according to what do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now. Beware of excessive pride, bragging, or not judging a situation, or knowing all of the facts before getting involved involved. Let's continue to Barbatos, which is in the position of the challenge. Barbatos in the position of challenge. It says uh, Barbatos, spelled like Barbados, but with a T. Um, Barbatos was once of the angelic order of virtues, but is now a count and duke of hell with 30 military units under his command. He appears as a hunter and four kings sound their horns at his approach. So, Barbatos, he's in the position of challenge. Annotation, Barbatos is described by Colin de Plancy as resembling a woodland hunter or occasionally an archer with horns like the horned god of the pagan religions. As with many demons of the hunt, Barbatos is accompanied by the sound of hunting bugles, but four invisible kings sound his, perhaps for the four cardinal directions. Barbatos is an earl of hell in command of 30 military units to accompany him on his hunts. He is another of the fallen heavenly host, once of the angelic order of virtues. Inspiration. In keeping with his appearance, Barbatos is said to be able to speak to and understand animals, and with their assistance he can locate lost or hidden treasures. Barbatos is a skilled hunter and tracker, whose attention to nature and the animal kingdom gives him the ability to track and find whatever he seeks. And here's the divination in the position of challenge for the question, what do I need to know to attract? wealth into my life right now. It says, focus on closeness to the natural world and understanding of plants and animals. Focus on closeness to the natural world and understanding of plants and animals. Interesting for a challenge. Maybe staying, you need to get closer to nature. What do I need to know to, to attract wealth into my life right now? Focus on closeness to the natural world and understanding of plants and animals. That might be a challenge to some. All right, continuing in the position of course of action called for is Beireva, also uh, very close in the book, uh, being the letter B. It says, Beireva is very loosely based on legends of Bahrava. He is described by Colin de Plancy as a demon with long and terrible nails who holds a position of power among the demons of the air. So what is this course of action called for? Annotation. Beireva is an entirely is entirely an invention of Colin de Plancy, based very loosely on Bhairava, the manifestation of Shiva. Yes, it is a Closing in 15 minutes. Fifteen minutes. That's good, folks. I'll be done. Forty-five. I'm going to not be closing in fifteen minutes. Thank you. Very good. So, Bhairava. 
okay, so Bayreva is entirely an invention of Parliament Clancy based very loosely on Bhairava, the manifestation of Shiva. Here's another one right that I was talking about. Sanskrit for terrible. Could really use a much longer entry than we have room for here. But in a nutshell, he is a destructive manifestation that even death fears. It is perhaps that terrible destructive force that caused Colin de Plancy to write his own version, Bayreva, who was a nightmare creation. Where the manifestation of Bayreva was a force for punishing one guilty of arrogance, Colin de Plancy focused on only on destruction, terror, and blood in his description of Bayreva. Bayreva. Common illustrations of Bhairava, he's using both spellings, and of course she's using both spellings in this book. Common illustrations of Bhairava depict him as a powerful manifestation clad in tiger skins and ornamented with snakes. But the illustration that accompanies Colin de Plancy's entry on Bhairava depicts him as a seated man cradling the head of his enemy. Inspiration. Fear is a powerful motivator. And although we may not approve of how Colin de Plancy chose to depict depict the god of peoples he did not understand, there may be a good lesson to be learned from his actions. Faced with frightening information he did not understand, Colin de Plancy sought to show his demon in a weaker light, as a horrible creature, but one that could be overcome. Perhaps an even better way to deal with his fear would have been to attempt to research further and understand the ideas that frightened him. Where he did not, we certainly can. And the divination here in the position of course of action called for says, beware of allowing fear to overcome logic. Focus on gaining knowledge to conquer fears instead of trying to destroy things we don't understand. Remember the position of course of action called for, the answer to the question, what do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now, is once again, beware of allowing fear to overcome logic. Focus on gaining knowledge to conquer fears instead of trying to destroy things we don't understand. Okay, <clears throat> two more to go. And the next one is Abraxas. Oh, I love Abraxas. So Abraxas is um, one of my favorite. I actually did a, a video and made a song. Floor and I made a song on it called a Mathematical Ontology, which you can find on YouTube under the m.c.narcissist channel on YouTube, MC Narcissist, and it's called uh, Mathematical mathematical ontology um, and Abraxas is um, also Abrasax is an ancient god whose name gives us the mystical world word abracadabra the demonographers made him into a demon with the head of a king and snakes instead of feet mm. the theme of snakes and he's I think the first one in this book which yes oh no Abagor is before him let's go through this quickly as you heard earlier, Barnes and Noble will be closing in now about uh, 11 minutes. So here we go. Annotation. In the Greco-Roman era, the name and image of a great god of the mind, Abrasax, was engraved on stones and amulets called Abrasax stones. The figure was drawn as a man with the head of a rooster and the legs of a dragon, and in his hand he held a whip or flail. The Basilidians, a Gnostic sect, believed the mystical isosophy of his name, the sum of the value of the letters, which is 365 which is the number of the heavens and the days in a year, was proof of his power against confusion and misfortune. In Latin transliteration of some Greek, Greek text, the placement of the sigma and the epsilon... Uh, yeah, sigma and the she, and the, I'll just have to recall what those Greek letters were, the replacement of the sigma and the she in the word, that's the S and X, right, in the word Abrasax were switched to Abraxas, and that is the name we use today. 
Over the centuries, some demonologists began to associate the incanta incantation abracadabra with my words, I will make this happen with his name. Carl Jung, a man of science with an equal interest in the occult, wrote of the god, Abraxas begetteth truth and lying, good and evil, light and darkness, in the same word and in the same act. Wherefore, Abra Abraxas is terrible. Wherefore, is Abraxas terrible? Inspiration says, when we hear the word abracadabra, some of us look for the magic, while others look for the sleight of hand. A talented stage magician tells us an, tells an unbelievable truth with a lie of omission. You can believe that a rabbit is about to be pulled from a hat. The secret is that the hat is not an ordinary one. And the divination here um, for the, uh, in this position, the fourth position, which is sacrifice or surrender to God, says, beware of lies of omission and hidden truths. Beware of lies of omission and hidden truth. And that could be maybe your own. Maybe that's what has to be sacrificed. Lies of omission, uh, lies of omission and hidden truths, right? Or maybe uh, it's just simply saying beware of that. In the question, what do I need to know to attract love into my life right now? Beware of lies of omission and hidden truth. And finally, in the new situation evolving, we have Kali. This is interesting that I said that, and each one of these are in line with each other. They're in position 1, 3, and 5, just as I said that a lot of these demons were ancient Hindu gods that we mixed up with them, and they're just right in line with each other. And we have Kali at the top here. Kali with a C in this case. Um, and this is in the new situation evolving. So let's get done with that, and I can pack up and go. Um, and very quickly, so let's get to my Kali, where you at in the book? Uh, Kali, Kali, Kali. All right. And Kali, uh, Kali is a demon queen whose appearance and description are very loosely based on the Hindu legends of the goddess Kali, K-A-L-I. Her skin is as black as midnight, and she wears a necklace of golden skulls. All right, so the annotation. Colin de Plancy claims the Hindu goddess Kali spelled in the French manner as C-A-L-I, as a queen of hell and sultana of the demons of India. He also describes her as having black skin and wearing a crown of skulls. And that's about it for Colin, Colin de Plancy's exploration of his version of Kali. However, the goddess Kali is, is known to many people as a very rich and complicated goddess. It is a great shame that I do not have time to fully explore all aspects of this goddess here, but I can touch upon a few points and hope that you will read many of the wonderful books written on the subject by scholars who were less biased by fear and prejudice than Colin de Plancy. Inspiration. Kali is not the only non-Christian god or goddess that Colin de Plancy demonized for his dictionnaire. Neither is she the only Hindu deity included in his or this text. Kali can be a terrifying goddess. She does wear a necklace of skulls. She carries weapons that reflect her powers of destruction, a sword and sickle, and with her dark red eyes and midnight skin, it's easy to believe she is a formidable woman to be respected, if not feared. As with many fearsome and powerful personalities, Kali is representative of an essential and amazing force in our lives, that of change. And the divination? Focus on feminine strength. Beware of judging powerful women harshly. Hmm new situation evolving. What do I need to know to attract wealth into my life right now? Focus on feminine strength and beware of judging powerful women harshly. Well, that's it that I've got for right now. It's got to take a photo of that from my records of this position of these cards, especially how they're all lined up like that. I'll hopefully publish this with photos on my, uh, uh, my X or Twitter lately. So let's get that photo going real quick here so I can pack up and go. You've been listening to Life Right Now, 
I want to take a picture again. I don't know if I missed it. So you've been listening to Life Right Now with Angel and Demon Tarot, Wealth. Life Right Now with Angel and Demon Tarot, Wealth, presented by Hakeem Ali Bokas Alexander on Spreaker Social Podcasting, Wisdom Social Audio Inc., and Call-In Social Podcasting, presented for World Reading Club in association with ExercisingYourMind.com and Unequilibrium.